Welcome to Inside Yorkshire with Susan, bringing you intriguing details about the lives of people here in Yorkshire. So, come on in and join us. Hello, this is Susan here, Inside Yorkshire, and today I'm sitting with Stuart Miller, who is the landlord for the Georgian Dragon pub in Hudswell. Now, this is the first community-owned pub in Yorkshire, as far as I know. Am I right with that? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Right. And how long have you been here then, Stuart? Uh, we've been here for four years now. So there was, they had a couple of previous tenants who were here for about three and a half, four years before us, when it started, it opened as a community pub. But yeah, we took it over in July 2004. And you've been tremendously successful as far as I can see. Yeah, it's done quite well, yeah, you could say. <laughs> <laughs> could you give me a little bit of background about it? I know the original, um, the, the pub originally closed down in 2008, wasn't it? Yeah, that's correct. So I think the um, the people who owned the pub at the time, um, and the pub, the pub wasn't unsuccessful at the time, it was just that they bought the pub and another pub at the height of the property prices. And then when the crash happened... Uh, they got into negative equity and got into issues, and um, and therefore they had to, you know, they went bankrupt and had to give up the pub. Um, but then the the pub was put up for sale, but it didn't sell. Um, um, and then eventually, I think about about ten months after that, the villagers got together and kind of decided that you know that they, it was a shame that the heart of the pub, the village, was wasn't there anymore because it is the only pub in the village. I mean, Huswell is a very small village. Um, they got together and um, decided that they wanted to try and buy it as a community. Um, they raised a, a very, you know, substantial amount of money very quickly through, you know, through locals and through um, help from charities such as Pub is the Hub and the Punkit Foundation, who've done lots to help the pub over the years. Um, and they got together and opened the pub. And after doing some renovations, they actually managed to reopen it in 2010. Right, and it's not just a pub, is it? Next door, you've got um, a small shop. Is it actually connected with the pub? It is, is it? yeah. So, I mean, this, the shop is uh, the shop's totally staffed by volunteers, um, because a little shop like that wouldn't survive in the village nowadays. Um, it's connected to the pub, and when the shop isn't open, because it's only open for a few hours a day, um, people can gain access to the shop via the pub. And then it's basically through an honesty box system where people write down what they've had mm. and leave the money on the side. And then when the, when the next volunteer comes in for their shift, they like tot it all up and stuff. But it works really, really well. And we also have the, the library as well, which is, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a bookshelf with a few books on that people can come and help themselves to. Again, it's very relaxed, but because there's no mobile library anymore because the council cuts... Um, you know that that does help a lot of the, especially the old people in the village, mm. um, and we also have some community allotments down the bottom, which you know we grow stuff for the pub, but they are also rented out to other villagers as well. So quite a going concern then. Really, there's a lot to it, a oh, lot yeah, more than yeah. meets the eye. Yeah, definitely. And in these villages, to um, to lose the pub, which, as you say, is the heart of the village to a certain extent, must have been quite devastating at the time. I think it is. I mean, I think it keeps people, you know, you know people in the village because you see them in the pub. I mean, you, there's lots of people, there's people, lots of people who live in the village who don't use the pub, you know, and that's that's fair enough. But you, you need a centre of, central point for the village activities and uh, and the pub offers that because you know 
and, and it's I think it's testament to the fact how many times we've had when we first came here, we had problems with things, you know, things would break. And obviously we weren't, we didn't know the area and tradesmen in the area, but there was always somebody in the pub who could help us, you know, or their, <laughs> their mate who lived around the corner. So it's that community helping each other out, you sure. know, it, it really does work. Yeah. So that is, I think, one of the blessings of living around here generally is uh, the community spirit, which has obviously helped when getting this stuff up and running. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yes. Um, right, okay. I know, I'd, I'd just like you to tell me, well, first of all, I'll, I'll just ask you, it's quite obvious from your accent, sorry, Stuart, yeah, but, sorry. <laughs> that you are actually from Yorkshire yourself, but not from around here. Yeah, so I grew up sort of around about York and Selby down there, I went to school in York, so the other end of North Yorkshire, we always think, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it takes about an hour and a half drive away, but it's still the same county. Um, but yeah, I've got a bit more of a sort of, um, we'll go with borderline um, York Doncaster accent, I'd say. Mm. <laughs> so a bit less refined than some people's Yorkshire accents. So how did you actually come across knowing that this was, uh, that they were, were looking for a landlord here? Well, I was, I was living in London. I was living in London for about 10 years. Um, I worked in the city right by bank. Um, I used to... Um, design service systems for for large financial institutions so very different um but i had i'd kind of had enough of the rat race you know i'd done that i'd had enough of working in an office i was always a bit more hands-on with things and i wanted to do something that was a that was more hands-on but a bit more you know involved a bit more labor and physicalness you know mm. um and so i eventually managed to talk my partner melissa into getting a pub because I was, I was always been very keen on beer, um, and you know, I, I saw it as an area where you can, you know, you can expand your horizons, and but you can also be in, 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 innovative. That's, mm. It's always a word I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and so I wanted to get a pub, and I had quite a sort of um, rigid idea of what I wanted this pub to be. Uh, we looked for a lot of pubs down south because the, originally Mel was going to uh, sorry. Melissa was going to um, commute to London, but then she decided she wanted to leave London. And we and I suggested that we went back to Yorkshire. And then the first one we found was this, actually. And we just kind of fell in love with it straight away. And we fell in love with the ethos, the community aspect of it. It just, it just ticked a lot of boxes for us. And mm. the community, when we came and had an interview with them, they really liked our idea for the pub you know, basing it on, you know, real ales, you know, traditional stuff, but but pushing in, into a more modern age and good, affordable food. And it's kind of, that, that ethos is kind of what we've stuck with and it's worked. And you've won quite a lot of awards. Do you want to uh, run me through them? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the, the big one, the big one was obviously the camera, cam, the campaign for real ale awards. Um so the first year when we qualified for our uh, regional, which is Northwest Yorkshire, we qualified for that. We won it, and we were amazed. I mean, I don't. We were so happy just to win this small award, and then it kind of snowballed after that. And then we won the Yorkshire Pub of the Year for the whole of Yorkshire, and then we got through to the finalists for the last four pubs in the country, and then we won it. 
the national pub of the year for the whole of the UK, and that was. But in the first year, we qualified for it, and it was it was unbelievable. And in the last two years, so we've won. Last year, we we got as far as Yorkshire pub of the year, which we're still immensely thrilled by. Um, and and this year, we've we we just found out a couple of days ago that we've won Yorkshire pub of the year of the year again. So for the third year running, three years in a row. So that puts us through to the national pub of the year again. And it's and it and it, I think when people hear about it or read about it, they think about this fancy sort of like trendy sort of beer pub, and it's not. It's just a little tiny traditional Dale's pub that serves nice beer. <laughs> Don't you think that's what appeals though, mainly? I agree. And I think we tick a lot of the boxes, you know, especially the community aspect of it, you know, um, and the fact it is small and it's not too busy. You know, even we do get busy, but people are very understandable because we have a small, you know, we have a small bar that's rammed with as many pumps as we can put on there. Um, but it's a friendly place and, you know, anybody can come into the pub and strike up a conversation with anybody else. It's just got that feel about it and it works really well and it's a very welcoming place. A nice homely atmosphere. I've read some of your reviews actually. That's one of the things that people really highlight. Yeah, it is. Yes. It really is. Yeah. So also not just the um not just the the beer, obviously, from camera, but I understand that you were listed as is it was it the Guardian fifty best places in the UK for is it Sunday lunch? That's right. So yeah, I mean that was Amazing. I mean, um, I mean, we knew that Sunday lunch was good anyway. I mean, I cooked the Sunday lunch, so better <laughs> bit. Um, but but it was it was fantastic because but they obviously come in and viewed us on a you know on a secret sort of um, blind test, so we didn't know it. we didn't even know it was happening. Um, and then they just uh, rang us up and asked us if we were okay with it and if we could provide some photos and. And we did, and it was it was really nice to be, you know, because it was it's as well as the beer. So it shows that, you know, we were working hard in multiple areas, and then we we won the Yorkshire Life um, Food Pub of the Year last year, and um, and we we've won other things. We won a Harriet Award for, um, oh, sorry, Dalesman Award for uh, Entrepreneur of the Year, which I was very surprised about. <laughs> when was that? That was last year. That was last yeah, we, year. With Ian McKellen, he presented right. us the award. That was a, that was really good fun. Brilliant. And you, um, I mean, you had a, um, were you here when there was uh, a royal visit? Yeah, so we had uh, Prince Charles come and visit us. Uh, that was lovely. I mean, that was, yeah, that was one of the most nerve-wracking days of my life, I think, <laughs> because we had to have the Secret Service coming in, scanning the pub. Oh, wow, you know, yes. Yeah, they did, like, bomb searches. And um, it was quite... We had quite an in-depth conversation about um, what would happen if he wanted to go to the toilet. And um, so... Because, because we Why like, was that an issue? Well, they were like, because he can't, he can't go to the... If you if can't go to the pub toilet. Why? Well, I don't, I don't know. This is what they said. They said he, so. So we had to make arrangements where he would be able to use our our toilet in our flat upstairs, and that was preferable. Oh yeah, yeah, that's preferable. But then there was very specific rules about you know he he only washes his hands with a bar of soap, and he doesn't like paper towels. He's got to he's got to be towel. So he's a bit you know eco friendly. Hmm. Um, and and my poor wife Melissa was so stressed out about this. <laughs> You've never seen a cleaner toilet in your life. 
<laughs> scrubbing it and um and then he didn't need to go <laughs> yeah. he but he was lovely he was so nice i mean mm. he was it, he, he he spent far longer here than he was supposed to he went he went and had a look in the little shop he walked around chatted to everybody um uh, quite a lot of the villagers came outside and um and he went and spent you know, far more time than he was supposed to mm. walking around chatting to everybody. We got him pulling a pint of local ale. Oh, really? Yeah. But he was just he was just a really, really Quite nice natural, chap. Yes. Yeah, really yeah. nice and, and very, very good at what he does, you know, mm. very engaging and very interested. And he knew the history of the pub. So what was the idea then that he that he came, apart from obviously that you've been so successful? I think he, he's involved in quite a lot of the charities that helped the pub originally. So Pub is the Hub and the Plunkett Foundation right, are the two yes. ones. And, um, you know, he's heavily involved with those charities. Um, and it's about locality. It's about getting people involved, you know, realising that, you know, you do need to have local amenities. You know, there needs to be um, an atmosphere of, for local people to get involved with and he's very supportive of that um and he'd been up to the creamery wednesdale creamery to go and do that and then he was it was obviously catrick garrison is just mm. down the road and so we were perfectly on the on the stop in between so yes. he, he was really really lovely guy oh that, that was brilliant really i'm sure now that i know that you support a lot of in of um independent local breweries as well don't you Oh yeah, we support as many as possible. I mean, it's, it it fits with our ethos, you mm. know. I like the smaller the better, really. Um, I think new breweries, when new breweries appear, they're always amazed that they'll ring me up and you know think thinking, oh, National Pub of the Year, it's gonna be really hard to get a beer, and I'm always like, <laughs> yes, I'll try it. You know, I'm very much up for supporting startups and you know giving them the opportunity to give their foot in and it's 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 funny like when we've when we won the national pub of the year i mean we bought some beer off somebody for the first time and then he was opening i think he, he said he opened the guardian and there was a photo of the bar on the guardian and one of his beers was on and he'd only been brewed for a few weeks and really? he was, and he was like, as, as new as that. Yeah, and he was like, and it was National Pub of the Year, and one of his beers was on the bar. He Fantastic. was like, he was so chuffed with He'd it. He'd made up, I'm sure. Yeah, but yeah, I'm very much. It's, it fits with our ethos, you know. We've st- and it's been quite good now with the distilleries as well. So we've now we're able to sell local gins as well. Um, but the beer is obviously the main focus for us. Mm. So you have um, quite a taste for it. Then you have been drinking realers for. Yeah, many years have you? So I guess you've got to know what's good and what isn't. I'm, 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 I'm extremely picky as well, and mm. and and brutally honest with brewers as well. So then they know that if they sell something to me and they ring me up and ask me for my feedback, I'll 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 hold no bar. You know, I'll give it to them exactly how I see it, and that's good. I think that's good for them because they. I'll tell them how our customers reacted. I'll tell them how I reacted because sometimes they can be different. Sometimes I can not like it and I cost and it'll sell words and I'll tell them that. And um, so I give them very, very honest feedback. And, and it's, you know, it's about having that feedback loop about to make things progress. So that we, you know, we want the beer to be better. The brewers want the beer to be better. The customers want the beer to be better. And if, every, if you get it all in line, then you get mm. the best product you can possibly offer. I think you're doing a favor really as well, because if something is not quite right, and no one ever says, they're just not going to sell very much. No. And they're not going to know. I know um, personally, I went somewhere 
where they were actually making and selling cider. And I'm no expert on cider, but they were having a lot of trouble shifting it. Mm. And it really, for me, wasn't uh, wasn't very good. Yeah. And it's not wasn't down to the marketing. I don't think it was down to the actual taste. Yeah. Which is a difficult thing to say if somebody's in business, but. From your point of view, I then think you need to, but you need to like, you know, one thing that I've tried to get the staff to do as well is, you know, you need to point people in the right direction. So, you know, you can see quite because it can be quite overbearing when you walk into a pub and they've got lots of pumps on with lots of beers you've never heard of. Mm. You know, so one of the things that our staff are specifically trained to do is to 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 talk about the beers to people to explain to them beers, you know, to say, this is a bitter, this is a pale ale, this is a stout, this mm. is a really hoppy beer, and, um, you know, engage the customers, and then the customer can say to you what, what they like normally, is and then you can preference? make a suggestion. Mm. And we also have a, we have a peg system, <laughs> where we have, um, we put pegs on the pump clips, but each staff member has a, Pick a peg. So, he, so Dave, who was working earlier, mm. um, has a peg that says Dave's pick, and then he. Puts, oh, that's his favorite. And then, he puts it, it on his okay. favorite beer, right. and then but people follow the follow the staff around. So somebody will come in and say, "Well, I know I normally like Dave's beer." So they'll have that <laughs> because that they know what sort of beer Dave likes. Yes. And that works. I, I got that idea from, uh, I think it was in Waterstones with the staff picks oh, yeah, on staff, the books. Oh, yeah, staff picks books. I really yeah. liked that idea. And so we tried to do it for the beer. We also do it for the ciders now as well. It works really well. That's quite novel, really. It does, but it's, it means that, it, it's, again, it's about engaging the customer with the staff. Mm. You know, the staff are there to help you. And they're to help there to help you choose as well, you know. I mean, we it is it is quite daunting with the number of beers we can have on, and especially mm. because we use quite obscure small breweries a lot of the time. People don't know those breweries, so they can't just come in and go, "I'll have a pint of black sheep." You know, it's not as easy no. as that. So you need you need that engagement to actually sort of educate them as much as anything. Now, you did actually mention that you're planning on opening a microbrewery yourself. Yeah, so that's our next, well, kind of ongoing project. Mm. Once we, once we, kind of waiting for us to get the summer over because August is a very busy period for us. Um, but yeah, we were opening a brewery in Reith, a bit further into the Dales. Um, and yeah, a small microbrewery with a, with a shop selling bottles and a tap room. And um, but obviously the pub is going to be a bit of an outlet for the brewery as well. Mm. But that's uh yeah that's kind of we've been trying to get this going for a long while. But because when we in two when, well in March two thousand and seventeen we won the national pub of the year, everything got a bit busy, and, and yes. we we all of a sudden <laughs> didn't have any time to do anything else. No. Um. But now we've kind of managed to get finally get on top of that, and you know you know we're, we're better organized but um yeah we're starting to move with the brewery now so hopefully we're, we're kind of aiming for christmas to be up and running to have something actually to sell by then yeah yeah that's mm. it well watch this space I then, know, eh? hopefully i'm surprised that you have time because i know you're busy um organizing a beer cider and cheese festival yeah. isn't that um Bank holiday weekend, August bank holiday. Yeah, that's right. So it's over Saturday to Saturday to Monday over the weekend. Um, this will be the third year. 
it's just got better and better every year. Third year or fourth? I don't know. I'm always in track, mm-hmm. but anyway, but it's got better. It's, it's just been gone down so well. Uh, we have a we we obviously we have quite a large patio area out the back that overlooks the swales, so it's a bit quite picturesque. Um, and we just we put some marquees about there. We have a very long bar. Um, we sell. Last year we had fifteen beers on at once, and I think we sold. We went through twenty five in total. Um, this year we're hoping to increase that amount. Um, but we also have a lot of cider and we have a lot of locally sourced cheeses as well. Mm. Um, my, my wife, Melissa, works at, actually works at the Wensleydale Creamery, but we don't. We use them. We use the Richmond one. We use the Swaledale. We use as many local creameries as we possibly can. Um, and we try to match the cheese with the beer as well. So we try to have like, you know, nice, hearty, strong cheeses with like dark ales. And then we have lighter ones with pale ales and different ones for cider that you know may have got some more interesting ingredients um every year it's been really good and uh and hopefully if the uh, weather stays nice this year it'll be even better <laughs> even bigger and better when you think of cheese and wine i don't really personally think of cheese and beer but then i have to say i'm not particularly a beer drinker yeah. myself which is sacrilege i'm sure talking to you <laughs> but um yes that should be interesting certainly now then, the um, I know that on your website you highlight particular beers and you are doing, I think you've been doing that all the time, but now you're actually advertising some of the ones that you're going to be selling over the, the festival. To, yeah, we're trying to build up sort of a, you know, an excitement about the festival. Mm. So, you know, so, so, so Melissa's been doing uh, blog posts, highlighting the beers. And it's, and it, and if, again, it's more about the education side of it. So we're trying to introduce, you know, um, lesser known styles of beer. So I think yesterday she was writing about a New England IPA style beer, which is quite, you know, is, is becoming quite trendy at the moment, but you won't see it in pubs round here you know if you mm. went into Newcastle or Leeds or somewhere like that you, you would see those styles of beers but you don't tend to see them in little country pubs so so as well she's trying to she's trying to put the information out there to educate people about you know we're going to be having these unusual beers there and she's educating herself to be honest as well she's uh, she's becoming a font of knowledge about these different <laughs> beers. it's quite styles. detailed I mean I was fascinated I came across a word I didn't know which was Wapentake? Wapentake, Do you want yeah, to explain yeah. what that is? That was for a, a, a beer, that was the day before yesterday, I think, Yeah, was it? so that's uh, Ainsty Ales, mm. and they're uh, they're just outside of York, and Wapentake is is the old um, the old boundary name for that mm. area. Um, it's quite a large area, um, but it's, it's, it's I think it's medieval times, so, mm. you know, I mean, obviously York has changed a lot especially the boundaries and invasions and by many different people. Um, but yeah, Wapentake is an old boundary of York and uh, quite a big area. But yeah, th- these old names are being resurfaced by these brewers. I think, and I think it has to do with the water they use as well, which come, you know, the, the, the water source they use for the brewery is called Wapentake water. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because of where it comes from. Right. Now then, the um, one thing that I also saw when I, I was um, looking through the website was that you um, you still, I'll just ask you just in case it's not so, but you people can still actually invest in the yeah, pub, is that right? Yeah, that you so can actually um, be a co-owner of, of be a, shareholder a, Dales, a, pub, a shareholder yeah. of a Dales pub? So there is... 
of the Dales pub I here. Think, I think the, uh, the currently there is there's, uh, they've accrued a bit of a waiting list. Oh, people, have they? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, not surprised. But really. anybody can apply for mm. it. Um, this I think there's about 250 shareholders currently. Um, the minimum amount of shares that they can buy in the pub is £500 worth of shares. Mm. And I think the maximum is £10,000. Um, most people are kind of about the £1,000 mark. Um, the, but there is, because of the success last year we had, there was lots of people applying. So there is a bit of a waiting list at the moment. Um, the, the shares can never be inherited to anybody. So if somebody does have shares in the pub and they do die, then the shares automatically go straight back to the pub. And then the, so the pub can then resell the shares to other people to get more investment. It's not a money making exercise, you know, no. buying pubs in a community, buying shares in a community pub. Mm. Um, it's about ensuring that the pub stays open as a viable community business. Um, and, it, and it works really, really well. Um, people do sell the shares because they may need the money for other things, but they can only sell the shares at the value that they bought them. Right, so it's um, not um, money making. As but they far do as get they do. But saying that they do get a dividend yearly, um, and that tends to be about three to four percent. Um, and obviously, that's much better than much nice better than the bank. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. so, so it does work well. You know, it is. I mean, it's a good. It's, it's as good as putting your money in a bank. Well, definitely. Definitely. I would say it's probably a lot better. Well, really. yeah, yeah. <laughs> At least you can see where it's going. Yeah. Being put to good use. Exactly. Now, you're obviously going to be busy setting up the brewery, but have you any other plans as far as the pub is concerned? The pub, I think we, we just need to... The main thing we have at the pub is ensuring that we keep the quality at a good standard. Um, you know, because we, we do get busy. And, mm. You know, the easy thing is to get busy and to let standards slip. So our main focus is making sure, ensuring that we keep on with the quality and um, and keep you know and, and keep getting the buy-in from the staff because you know our staff work so hard. They've, they've, our staff have all bought into our vision of the pub. Um, they really support it and they go the extra mile to to ensure that it works. You know, from everybody. You know, from a mum who comes in and does a few shifts to Dave, Dave and Will behind the bar to Jason and Rebecca in the kitchen. You know, they all really, really graft as hard as they possibly can. And that's because they believe in what we what our vision of the pub. Yeah, yeah. Um, we 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 are going to do some work externally. So the community, this is a community who are doing this. Um, so we've got some um, derelictish buildings out the back. So stone, old stone buildings that are kind mm. of falling down that we can't really use. Um, we're going to demolish those. Um, we're going to build um, disabled toilets out there because we don't have any disabled access or toilets at the moment. Um, there's, there's definitely no disabled access through the no, front door. No, because it's that's up the sure. stairs, yeah. yes. But we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, um, sort out disabled access around the back, through the gates, um, putting a disabled toilet out the back, make sure there's a ramp in there, um, and also extend the patio area a bit so we can get more tables. Because if the summers are going to be like this summer, then, you know, Having our, our patio area is twice the size of the pub, so it, it kind of increases. Oh, right. okay. yeah, yeah. yeah, so you can uh, get a lot more in there. But I think having this, this, especially from the community aspect, you know, they want to be able to support every aspect of the community. So if we can have disabled access as well, 
it, it's, it, it helps everybody out. So people can't actually get into the back there now, not yet. I mean, they can they can go around the back of the pub, but they can't get into the pub. And mm. there's no, there's they could sit outside though, could they? They could sit outside. They could sit yeah. outside, but then, they, but then they the wouldn't be able to go to the toilet. No. So, no. but we also, yeah. So we're going to put some another um, another general use toilet out there as well, and um, and just we need to relay some of the slabs. But that's our main thing at the moment. Obviously, it's a very old building. We have a constant maintenance plan with everything. Mm. You know, there's <laughs> things always go wrong. It's, yes, it's been a pub since registered pub since 1750. Mm. Probably a pub before that, but unregistered. And it used to be two buildings. It's a bit of a you know, if you're trying to find the electrics for something, it's a bit can little, be a, little bit yeah, Heath Robinson, is it's it? It's a bit hard. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit cobbled together over 400 mm. years. <laughs> But still, I mean, it's just got such a good atmosphere, hasn't it? Yeah, it certainly has. So most of the staff that work here then are local, are they? Local yeah. to the village or just local to the area? Lot, a lot of um, most of them live very... So a few of them, I mean, Dave, for example, isn't behind the bar this lunchtime when you came mm. in. He was. He lives in the village. He was born in Hudswell. Um, the, the, the actual charity... That owns the pub also has a kind of like a few offshoots of other charities. They they have a there's a Hudswell community housing charity. Oh right. And so they build community houses for people um, specifically who either work in the village or grew up in the village. So Dave, his wife Caroline, and his two little kids live in one of those charity houses, which is fantastic for them. It means they can stay in the village because obviously the house prices have gone up. Um, but yeah, everybody, all the other staff tend to be local, especially if you know we have we have any young people. You know, it makes sense for them just to be able to walk down to work, and it means that it's easy for them for us to call them up at short notice, knowing <laughs> they're just up the road. Help, we're really busy. Have you got yeah. time? But we get a lot of help from you know the villagers do help us a lot. I mean, my mum and dad live in the village now, and they help us out a lot as well. And my wife Melissa does as much as she can. So presumably you'll need a lot of extra stuff on over the festival, do you? We can do, yeah. The actual, we try and get the villagers involved as much as possible for the beer festival. So the actual main bar outside for the festival is all staffed by volunteers. Mm. So we have a list of volunteers and they all have to sign up for a three-hour shift. Um, they do a three-hour shift behind the bar and their payment is that they can help themselves to any beer while they're working. As long as they can still stand up and add up. Yeah, <laughs> luckily that's not happened yet with any of them forward over. So. Mm. I think even the customers will help them add up if it gets to that point. I think yes. it's a very, you know, it's, it's friendly and it's banter. Mm. And the, but the, but we, we encourage even the, like we do with the staff, we encourage the volunteers. It's like, you know, we try and give install our ethos. So it's like, try the beers. Mm. Then you can, when somebody comes to you, you can say, well, I really like that one. And Otherwise, how do you know? Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Although, I guess, how many do you? How many beers do you actually have on here at present? We 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 have six hand pulls on mm. most of the time at the moment. Um, a, few, a couple of uh, like a proper scrumpy ciders, mm. and then we 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 have we, we're quite in. We we have we have like a few a couple of lagers on as well, and some fizzy cider. Um, but we're trying to, we're, we're quite into um, sour beers at the moment, so we've been introducing sour beers onto our uh, line. I haven't even as well. heard of them, I'm afraid. Well, it's, a bit, it's a bit like the Belgian beers. Okay. So you get a lot of like uh, lambic natural beers. Mm. Um, so it's, it's something I'm very keen on, and so is my wife. And um, we've, we've actually introduced that to quite a few people, so we're looking at expanding that. That's one of the things we're thinking about expanding is getting into 
there's more obscure styles that you know that you know you the, again you have to educate people about you have to say well have a little taste of it because you'll either love it or you'll hate it you know and it's about educating and sharing that knowledge well I guess for some for, for instance somebody like me who doesn't really or haven't really drunk I've not really drunk beer as as such I mean I've drunk Australian beer which is more like a lager yeah yeah um, so what would you recommend getting going on it? To I think you can, something lighter, maybe? Yeah, or? I mean, you get lots of... I mean, one of the beers that we've actually just springs to my mind, one of the beers we got for the beer festivals is, is by... One of our favourite brewers is Roosters, and they've been doing lots of great Yorkshire beers for a long time, but they've always been more focused on, like, American styles. Um, and they've actually done a cask condition, so a hand-pulled lager, mm. a pilsner. So it's like a lager, but it's in the cask. And it's going to be very dry, you know, uh, not much residual sweetness. It'll have a, quite a dry finish, a bit like, you know, like a, like a good, good, good white wine. Um, but we'll have that refreshingness of a pilsner without the super fizziness that you mm. get from a, a, a So can lager. you just, if, if you want to then, can you just ask for a tiny taste of something? Yeah, before you order we, a, we always encourage before that. Before you order a, a pint. <laughs> we, we encourage that, especially, mm. you know, in the pub normally. Like, you know, and it's it's about, it's like I say, it's about the, the member of staff engaging with them and saying, mm. like, what do you like? If you say to me like that, and we've got something pale and light. Yes. You probably, but you're probably not going to like a stout. So it's pointless. Pointless giving you something. That. No. So you might as well say, "Well, have one of those." And they say, "Well, you might like either of those. Have a taste of them both, and then make a decision." Sure. Um, but yeah, we encourage that, and even if you know, we encourage people to try the beers, even if they're not thinking about buying it. Mm. If they're like, "Well, I've never tried a sour beer before," we'll give them a little taste of it, and say, mm. "We'll have a sour beer." They might next time they might go, "Well." Maybe I'll have a pint of that. I'll have, I'll have a pint of that. <laughs> How many different beers will you have on at the festival? So we'll have, um, we're going to have 18 real ales on at right. once. Um, we Last year we went through 25. That's 25 nine-gallon containers. So it's a, it's a lot of beer. And that's in three days. Um, I think we might break. I'm, I'm hopeful, weather permitting, that we might, we might get more than that. But we have 18 on at once. And then we have about 20 ciders as well. Right. Quite um, an event then. Yeah. And live music, I understand, too. Yeah, that's right. So live got music playing? each day. We have, it's, you know, it's the same thing with music in the pub. The music is a, is a background thing. You know? mm. It's a beer festival with a bit of music. With so, a bit of music. So we tend to have, like, quite relaxed stuff. So mm. we, have, um, we always have this, um, this jazz trio that we, that we all love, and they come back every year. Um, we also have one of my cousins is playing and he's does flamenco guitar. So, you know, more background music. Mm. But also this year, Will, who's one of our members of staff, um, he's, a, he's a musician as well. And uh, he plays in a, a band whose name I can't pronounce. And, um, but they do um, like, um, like sort of like reggae versions of pop songs. Mm. So we're really looking forward to having so them. supporting yeah, him yeah, yeah, and having yeah. him. Yeah. No, it sounds like it's going to be a fabulous event. And uh, also, when you're saying that you've got to this stage with the uh, Yorkshire Pub of the Year, this then continues on, does it? How long before you find out if you've gone any further? So we, yeah, so we, we're down to, effectively we're down to the last 16 now. Right. So there's 16 different regions. 
there, there is a the finalist stage where those sixteen go down to four, and then after, and I'm I think that was about November when that's announced, and then the national pub of the year is is actually announced in March. So it, national pub of the year for two thousand eighteen is actually announced in two thousand nineteen. Yeah, okay, yeah, so quite yeah. a while to wait. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst when we actually won it previously. We found to. about we mm-hmm. found out about two weeks beforehand, and we and you weren't allowed we to weren't say allowed presumably, to say anything. and it was and then we were just kind of waiting for the day, um, and we were and we it it was just a perfect storm when when it was announced. I mean, we we got so much publicity. Mm. I mean, I had friends in London ringing me up saying I was on the London news, the, the local London news. Mm. Um, so it was. It, we got so and much. We've got publicity. someone moving furniture in the back, <laughs> <have we? laughs> up above us. Sorry, it was in in the in the news in London. Yes. Oh, I mean, but we got everything. I mean, we're, one of my one of my mum and dad's friends lives in Malta, and right. it was on the TV in Malta on the television. Yeah, wow. it was just. Big, it was a good news story. There hadn't been much good news going around at the time, mm. and um, and then it was like this little community on the pub in Yorkshire as one national pub of the year. Um it was in we we're in every national newspaper on every T V channel. We had the we were live six o'clock we were on the six o'clock news live in the pub. Right. And that was that was one of the scariest things I've ever done in my life. <laughs> but yeah, it just kind of snowballed and we got so much good publicity from mm. it. Um, but luckily, we've been able to build on that publicity and it's, uh, it's well, well deserved well. from what I've been reading about yeah. it. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you very much, Stuart. That's been great telling me about all of that. And I wish you all the best with the festival and any future awards. And also, I will be... Um, what will happen at, at the, the microbrewery? Because that's actually quite near me. Well, well, we'll see. <laughs> I need to get a bit more organised with that once I get a bit more time. Okay. Um, but yeah, we're going to have like a... We will be having we're having some sort of opening event when we do go around to that. Mm. Um, we're hopeful that we can get uh, Roger Protz, who's the hero who writes the Good Bear Guide, mm. because the, the, he came and wrote a feature on us last year for the Good Bear Guide, um, and he was very keen on the brewery and he would, would love to be involved. So we hopefully we can get him to come down and open it for us. Um, but we will have some open days when we get going, and um, but we you know the tap room and the um, and the shop. We kind of see that as a big part of it because mm. you know we want to be. You need to be visible, especially to com- the community. So we want to be able to have like a very welcoming sort of tap room where people can just pop in and try the beers. The location of where you say it's going to be is is pretty much on the roadside, there, isn't it? It is. It's on the main the industrial road. estate there because some of the ones tucked around the back are not so visible. No, and I think it's that where that where that. Arts and Craft Centre in Reef mm. is. It's about encouraging people out of the central part of Reef, yes. just fifty yards just a up little the road. Bit further up, because mm. you have got you know you've 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 obviously got like sculptures there. You've got the cheesemakers there. Mm. Hopefully, they're going to open a brewery. I mean, not a brewery, a bakery next door. Um, so if they can get people out, it could be a real focus it for Reef. It could be a huge focus yeah. there, yes, And I think Reef has got, there's a lot of potential in Reef. Mm. Um, you know, my, my, my wife has a, a, a an event, a space called, called The Space in Reef. Oh, is she involved in that? Yeah, that's, that's okay. my wife's, yeah. So, you know, it's about 
Reef could become a real a creative hub of the Dales, in our opinion. And I think it, it just needs to be championed by a few people. Mm. And hopefully, if the brewery is successful, we can we can help kickstart that. Because although Reef is a busy place already, there's a, there's a lot more potential there's there. There's a huge I think. potential, I'm sure. Yeah. Anyway, right, well, thank you very much. And I look forward to uh, hearing more about it all. Well, thank you very okay, much. Okay, thank you very much, Stuart. Cheers. And this is Susan saying goodbye from inside Yorkshire.